I've always felt that the salaries that the clubs pay players are crazy and unrealistic. The word we have tried to use so many times. We have tried not to use so many times, but we have to use again. Shame on you. This is Sports 360. Well, what difference a week makes. Uh, last week we were here, all kinds of optimism about the Spike goals. This week we are here, all that optimism has been punctured by a certain team called Tunisia. My name is Deji Omoto Imbo. Welcome to Sports 360 Podcast for the week. Yami Adesan is here. Boriogutui joins us via Skype. And we're going to get to the Super Eagles in a bit. Our first topic today, we take a look at the five World Cup pairings involving the 10 African teams hoping to make it to the World Cup. And what mouth-watering ties we have. Egypt against Senegal. That means... One of Sadio Mane or Mosala will not be at the World Cup. Cameroon against Algeria. Algeria knocked out in the first round. And AFCON, Cameroon still going great guns. Hoping to go for their eighth World Cup. I think they are the most successful African team at that level in terms of number of appearances and also um, placement. DR Congo against Morocco. DR Congo looking for their first World Cup appearance. No. No, in a Zaire. Long time. They went as Zaire. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, that Morocco definitely have been to the World Cup as well. And Mali against Tunisia. Mali already defeated Tunisia at AFCON. Can they repeat the feat over two legs in the World Cup qualifiers? And the last, but certainly not the least, some people have dubbed it the Jolof Derby. Mm. Between the Black Stars of Ghana and the Super Eagles of Nigeria, we'll get to that at the end of this segment. So let's start with the parents. You hear me? Egypt against Senegal. Um, as we speak, both teams are in the AFCON. Senegal play convert this afternoon. Um, they've not exactly pulled up any trees, but this is the World Cup in March. And what do you expect? By the time March comes along, uh, we probably would have forgotten what kind of competitions you know, the two teams must have had. Um, but a lot has to change for both teams. Mm. Uh, both have been very unimpressive. Um, Senegal has shown a, a stronger defensive streak than most mm. would have expected. They haven't considered him go as we're speaking. They haven't considered him go so far. Uh, they haven't lost any game. They're probably your worst group leaders in the history of the, Af- the AFCON. Now, Egypt, on the other hand, um, kind of got through with six points after losing the first game against Nigeria. But they also seem like a, a team struggling for some kind of identity. Mm. Uh, trying to figure out the best way to use Mosala, who, for many, seems to be a system-based player. So he thrives in a particular system mm. where, you know, he needs to be um, catered to a certain way. So you have two teams who are, yeah, Probably reasonably at the peak of their powers. Uh, Senegal, this is like their sec- the second coming of a golden generation for mm-hmm. them. Uh, they've never won the AFCON. They've been to a few World Cups. They're, they're the best placed African team outside Cameroon, getting to the quarterfinal. Egypt have also given a good account of themselves as well at the World Cup. But between both teams, you, you know that you're going to get a blockbuster, um, pairing and matchup. Senegal at home first. Mm. And that is where I might be leaning towards Egypt. 
Okay. Because the North Africans, when they go they away first, the home games. they know how to play the home games. With the antics, the intrigues, the off-the-pitch shenanigans that they get onto when especially they're at home for the second leg. Mm. That is why I might be tilting in favor of uh, Egypt for the first one. Okay, what I'll do is we'll go through all the five. At the end, I'll take your predictions for who goes through. So, uh, let's move on to the next one because we'll need a bit of time to talk about the main one. Mm. And that's Ghana and Nigeria. Let's move on to the next one, buddy. Cameroon, Algeria. Cameroon, well, they struggled a bit, in my view, at the Nations Cup so far, even though they are through to the last eight now. They struggled against a, an, an underhanded Comoros side last night, but they're through, so they're happy. And Algeria as well, um, knocked out defending champions. They are not exactly in the best of forms. But like I said, uh, told Yemi a couple of minutes ago, this is the World Cup. This is do or die. So what do you expect from this tie against two very, very experienced teams? Um, did you, first off, I think um, no matter what you think of what you think of Algeria, you just mentioned, you just correctly mentioned now uh, that these North African teams did not to play their home games yeah. and they are brilliant on, on their way trips uh, also. Unless you are very, very good and you are direct, the odds are that um, uh, especially if if they are playing the second leg first, um, mm. they, they, they will frustrate you. They will frustrate you, and then get back and and try to get going as early as possible. Uh, when, when they get get back home, Algeria out of nations copy yes, but believe me, uh, because we all know. Look, I don't think this is a factor seriously, but we all know that the financial incentives of the World Cup is way more than that of uh, of, of, of the nations cup. I know that they, they, they will have wanted to retain their championship if possible. Something went, went wrong. So I can guarantee you that they, they will try to fix it. Um, uh, the Carolinas, the Carolina, like you said, maybe because they are playing at home, the pressure is a lot on them. And they've been, they, 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 they've been on this part of hosting for so long that honestly, you and I cannot tell what the psychological effects are on the players. Mm. Uh, on the players, on the team, on the coach. Uh, but now they are hosting. Um, uh, we, we, I would have thought that you get to the, to the knockout stages, you, you, you now go on a bend or you go on a flyer. But Comoros showed that hey, it can be dealt with. What I don't know, DG, and which uh, Tunisia proved about North Africa. As well as they have a following, they study their opponents. It's not up to you to improve on what you have or change what you are bringing. So uh, of course, both of them are uh, uh, both of them has good history. Um, both are the World Cup and are the, are the qualifiers. Remember, we are, we, all of us were in the same group: that Nigeria, Cameroon, and Egypt. Uh, mm-hmm. so, and Cameroon, Nigeria, Algeria, and Cameroon were in the same group for the last World Cup. Yeah. So they are not they are not strangers to each other. I expect all these all, all these ties to be tight, unless of course one team breaks it open in the first leg by scoring three or more goals, and then you know it's game over. But mm-hmm. overall, I I expect both legs to be tight. No matter what you have seen so far, um, when we go to the production, I'll tell you, I think we'll go to. All right. So let's move to the next one, Yemi. DR Congo against Morocco. DR Congo's former Zaire, uh, they were at the World Cup in 74. They won the Nations Cup before. They didn't make the Nations Cup this time. But they're a very, very difficult team, especially at home. They have a couple of very decent strikers. Morocco has been, has blown hot and cold at this Nations Cup. We've not seen the best of them. 
But like I said, they are still in there. Now, Malawi is a banana skin for them in the uh, round of 16. But having said that, though, what do you expect from this guy? You know, DR Congo will want to go to the World Cup for the first time in a long time. Yeah. So that's an incentive for them. DR Congo are also a very interesting team. Um, they also have access to potentially strengthen their squad mm. by inviting those guys that are caught between Europe, Europe, yeah, Europe and, and Africa. Africa. Uh, for Morocco, I think one of the things that you see with Morocco is the potential of them calling back Akim Ziyech. Mm. Um, he's in really good form at the moment. And I'm sure they have one eye, you know, at him saying, look, we need to get this guy in for this World Cup. Because it promises to be a difficult one. They have a home first. I don't know, for some reason, all the North African teams seem to be, uh, who, who's, they are going to go home first, no? Hmm. Uh-huh. So it seems all the North African I don't teams, know. um, DR Congo, are yeah, home first. Yeah. Home so first. all the North African teams seem to be, will be home for the second leg. Apart, apart from Egypt. Was it Egypt, Senegal? Egypt, it was Egypt, Senegal. Oh. Egypt played the home leg first. The home leg first. They go so, away for the second leg. So for the second leg, that's where Morocco might just, um, might just get it. But then, this might probably the, be the most open of all um, of all the qualifiers. Yeah. I think this one might be the most open. Mm. But uh, Mali against Tunisia. Interesting backdrop is that they were in the same group in this Nations Cup and Mali won that game. Although it was 1-0, but it was fairly confident. It was that controversial game, game that the referee ended, uh, ended before twice before full-time and then they called them back from the dressing room and all of that. And Tunisia was smarting from that, but they've recovered from that. They are still on in the competition. But Mali, interesting proposition. They played extremely well in the World Cup qualifiers so far. They look like a very plucky, very physical, very difficult team. So this is not, by experience, you will say Tunisia off the top of your head. But this Malian team are on a mission. I agree with you that, that, that they are on a mission, uh, but unfortunately, unfortunately, the referee and the Nations Cup loss will have given the Tunisians something, something to, to think about. Yeah. But have given them a reason to be better prepared. And so for this Malian, no matter well they have played thus far, of course, you and I know that um, uh, this one around is, 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 the, is the cherry, is, is the icing, is, is, the, is, is the main thing. Whatever, whatever they have done so far, they need, they, they need to forget about, forget about it. I agree with you that they are playing well. Um, just like Senegal, they, they also seem to be having a second wave. Of, um, of golden of golden generation players. Um, remember that uh, they, they had um bring out under twenty teams in the past. Mm. I think it's coming together nicely for them. They want to go to the World Cup. They have a chance to go to the World Cup. Um, but they they they've got to be wary of the Morocco. Look, all the North African teams. Yeah, the reason we have so many so many of them, just like West Africa here, and, and we know that um uh, when it comes to uh um tactical advantage. What what Africans have over them is our athleticism and mm-hmm. our skill level. Yeah. But they are disciplined, they are focused, they know how to use the time, they know how to call the referee. I say that with apologies to them. They, mm-hmm. they, 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 they know how to get the calls that they need when they need it. We just and got so, the, we uh, all felt I, the brunt of that, didn't we? <laughs> I said the super eagles just felt the brunt of that, didn't we? Oh 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 yes, they, they they just did. So uh, the miners have to be careful. They, they've got to be at their best. They've got to be at their best 
I pass their chances do, but um uh it, it's it's since they won one round, they got to do really big. So let's go to the last pairing, of course. Uh the one that interests all Nigerians and all Ghanaians. It must be said. I'll give the two of you an opportunity to talk about this one and then we'll go to the predictions before we end this segment of the show today. Um Ghana against Nigeria. Um Black Stars had a torrid time at the Nations Cup. And they didn't qualify, only gained one point from three games, their worst performance at this level. And um there is it forty years now, forty year wait for an AFCON title goes on. Like it's incredible to believe that the last time they won it was nineteen eighty two. And um well the Super Eagles of Nigeria did well in the group stage, did fare much better in the tournament, got knocked out the very next round. So this is do or die for both countries. Neither country can afford not to go to the World Cup, but one country must endure the pain of not going. Yemi, your thoughts on this one? She said, neither can afford not to go, not to, to, go to the World Cup. I'm not sure about not to afford not going to the World Cup. One person is not going to go. Anyway. That's what I'm saying. Both of them can't afford not to no. go, but one of them will have to endure that pain. They're in that situation. So yeah. whoever doesn't go, take it. Um... For Ghana, it was a torrid, torrid Afcon. Um, I think one thing I said during uh, that time in the Afcon, I think Ghana kind of lost their identity. There's a, uh, which, which is also similar to what Nigeria is also doing. There's um, a bit of uh, of uh, dependence on you know players in the diaspora, and I won't be surprised that if they are also still going that direction for um this qualifier. So you're talking about the likes of Mohamed Salisu, who's also eligible to play for Spain. Um that is an option. There are a number of other options available to them from the diaspora that they might be calling on. Because like you said, this game is going to be a game of it's going to be a draw that affair. Now both teams one completely down, down downcast that's um, Ghana. The other one had a high and then it be the, so, so, somewhat of a low, but with a lot of positives of mm-hmm. stuff to look forward to. So Nigeria has shown that on the front foot, they're very dangerous. They can play on the front foot. They can, they've shown that they can express themselves. Ghana, on the other hand, were lethargic throughout the competition. Mm-hmm. So you look at that and you look at Nigeria, you see, somewhat Nigeria have to be favorites going into this. But when it comes to this, our right, Anglo, right. Anglophone African derby between both of us, the the, the fumble goes out of the emotions window. Emotions take over. Yes, emotions take over, and we all know how high the emotions can be when it comes Ghana versus Nigeria. But uh, let me uh, let me put this question to you: Who starts to lose more by not attending the World Cup, Nigeria or Ghana? Ghana. Okay. Why do you say so? Ghana should um, uh, For Nigeria, I think Nigeria even stands to gain more by not going to the World Cup. Of course, we have highlighted the issues uh, and, and right now I'm being practical. Mm-hmm. Um, we have highlighted the issues of, of, of Nigerian football um, where the are at the center of, it seems to be in this time in the universe. There are no most just one star. Just one giant star. And um, the odds are that uh, um, they will go to the World Cup. I do want them to go to the World Cup, but the, the flip side of the coin is that should they also go to the World Cup, we get more of the same. 
for Ghana, on the, for Ghana on, 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 the, on the other hand, um, Ghana on the path, they, they have demonstrated a willingness, despite all the stories coming, uh, despite the stories that came out of Ghana about, about the corruption um, in, their, in their FA, they have demonstrated a willingness to, uh, to, to, um, uh, to use the money they get from the World Cup well. That is one. The secondly, they just crashed out of Apon in the first round. They are hurting. They need. Uh, um, uh, um, they need something. They, they need another. Uh, how do I put it? They need. Uh, they need a lift. A shot in the they arm. Need, they, 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 exactly. They, 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 they need a shot in the shot in the arm. And I feel that um, since the since the the the, the, the near when they almost got to the quarterfinals of the World Cup, they feel that they want to get back. They need to prove something. They, they need to make that right. So if they fail to qualify for this one again, it will be like you know what, same old story. So I feel the Ghanaians have more to lose. Um, they, they've been experimenting a lot with, with uh, home based players with with uh, with, uh, with, uh, with 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 a Ghanaian coach with a foreign coach. I I feel. They want to get this one thing right and see if they can take off from there again. Okay. All right, then. Um, let's start with our predictions on this one. And I'm going to write it down. All three of us will predict. And let's see how it goes. Oh, so the presenter is going to predict on this one. I may change my mind, though. I, <laughs> the, way made, the way you made it sound, I may change my mind. But let me, let me, let me write it out. Uh, Amot... Bode and Yemi. <laughs> Let's have your predictions. On the first one, um, Egypt against Senegal. Who goes through for you, Yemi? You said Senegal holds the second leg. Egypt, Senegal. Um, Senegal holds the second leg. If you play first Egypt. leg, you played in Egypt. Egypt will go through. Yemi says Egypt. Bode, who do you plump for? Senegal. And I can't stand in the middle. <laughs> Actually, I think I'll plump for Senegal as well. I think I believe they have more firepower than Egypt. Let's see how it goes. Cameroon, Algeria. Hmm. Yemi. With momentum from the AFCON, I think Cameroon will go through. Cameroon. Body. Algeria. Algeria. Well, because Cameroon are playing, okay, Cameroon are playing the first leg, Algeria second leg. I think the Cameroonians have enough strong mentality to survive any hostilities in Algeria. I go for Cameroon too. Um, DR Congo, Morocco. Mm. Yemi. Morocco. Yemi says Morocco. How do you vote, buddy? DR Congo, Morocco. Yeah. That one is dicey. Who plays home first? DR Congo plays home first. Morocco holds the second leg. I'm, uh, I'm going with Morocco on this one. I'm going, you're going with Morocco on the strength of that second leg. But I'll go for DR Congo. I think they have enough will and enough zeal to make it to World Cup after a very long time. Mali, Tunisia. Yemi. 
Uh, Mali are in a good place. Um, I think, and of course, Tunisia knocked uh, Super Eagles out. So, Mali is for the World Cup. <laughs> is that the reason? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Buddy? There is a reason Tunisia are ranked one of the top three teams in Africa. We forgot that when we faced them. And we, and we not that, I, will not, I will not make that mistake again. I'm going with, I'm going with Tunisia. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I, 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 I go with Mali because I feel this Balian team. Something just tells me they are on the cusp of history for their yeah. country. I go with Mali. The final one. <laughs> Ghana <laughs> against Nigeria. Start with the Ghanaian. Let me start with the Ghanaian quote and unquote. <laughs> Buddy, who do you choose? Did you know I've watched like three Nigerian teams play in Ghana. Mm. I was in Accra 2008 at the quarterfinal of the Nations Cup. <laughs> I was in Sinyani with, uh, with Samson Siasiani, the 20 team. Yeah. And I was with him again in Accra on the way to the Olympics. Um, and every time... We lost all three. I've seen the Nigerian spirit. No, no, no. We, 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 we didn't lose all three. We lost just one. Okay. It was goalless. And that Accra game, I remember Ghana brought in all their, all their professionals from abroad. Since I went with the most team-based team, and the Ghanaians were crying. After the game, because they couldn't get a goal, and they turned the goalers and we beat them in the return. Um, so for me, look, I, this is a game where form goes out the window. Yeah. I don't care what the Ghanaians have, where the Ghanaians are at. When they see Nigeria, it's a different matter entirely. Um, it is going to be, it's going to be close. It's going to be, uh, I'll, 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 I'll put it. going to be, um, to be tension soaked. As a Nigerian, my, my, my heart wants Nigeria to win. But I suspect that the Ghanaians will upset the the Jambu in Ghana. Okay. Mm. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> Yemi, your, 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 your take? Um, I think Nigeria is a, a lot of gold threat mm. going forward compared to Ghana. Mm. Uh, they seem pretty much limited up front. So on the basis of that, uh, I think I'll be playing from Nigeria. All right. For me, I'll go for Nigeria. I just, before this Nations Cup, even before Ghana's problems, I was, I, I, my analysis was Ghana flatter to deceive. And so many times, I know the, all the emotions going into this one and how fired up they will be and all of that. But hey, I don't think you, we can give more than you have. Yeah. No matter how emotional you get. I feel that Nigeria, Nigeria has more firepower and who's coming back to Nigeria. Maybe Osime coming, maybe yeah. um, Manuel Dennis. Manuel Dennis coming. The Ghanaians just don't, don't score enough goals for yeah. me. Hopefully, I'll be right. I plumped for Nigeria. The interesting thing here is that I plumped for, I didn't plumb for any North African team <laughs> in my own list. <laughs> I plumped for Senegal, Cameroon, Diyar, Congo, Mali, Nigeria. <laughs> All right, we wait and see. Definitely, um, this um, tie would, I hope CAF, I hope CAF would step in and make sure all these home teams doing all these kind of shenanigans yeah. will be wiped out and we have a free and fair competition across all the games. We wish all the countries all the very best and let's see how that plays out in March. On that note, we come to the Super Eagles of Nigeria and their Nations Cup and here we are not talking about we're not going to redo the review in trying to do recriminations <laughs> and put a blame game and all of that. We just want to go to lessons we have learned from this going forward, knowing that some of these lessons might be handy 
where we play Ghana that we just talked yeah. about in a couple of months' time. You know, for me, one of the major lessons we, we need to learn is the fact that, and I think we've said it here time and time and time again, football in Nigeria should not be only about the Super Eagles. I think what we're doing is, once the Super Eagles are doing well, it's all nice and dandy. When the Super Eagles lose, it will be a disaster. Personally, there's no team in the world, I keep saying it, there was a time Brazil were beating black and blue of continuously at World Cups. There's no country, no matter how good you are, you're going to win sometimes, you're going to lose sometimes. But the footballing structure in your country should not be based around only your national team doing well. I shudder to think what will happen to Nigerian football if the Super Eagles don't get to the World Cup. Hmm. Because there's definitely, everything seems to be geared about the Super Eagles going to major tournaments. And I ask myself, even when they go for these tournaments, we've been to six of these last seven World Cups. We've done that here. You can check our previous podcast. How has it benefited Nigerian football? You know, some people will say, I don't even want Nigeria to go. We don't want to go that far. But, you hear me? Um, this has shown that we're not building structures. Um, this has shown that we cannot build, put up a building. I've said this several times, sound like a We can't put up a building from the top down. That's to from the bottom up. We don't have anything feeding the national team right now. That's why we do, we are going to diaspora roads because the local league is neglected. So what lessons can we learn in terms of building a structure proper structure for Nigerian football for what has happened. Okay, so we have to start from uh, the, the the area that the LFF president likes to make a lot of noise about, which is commercial and marketability. I think it's important to develop a structure that embraces all so-called stakeholders, mm. all so-called sponsors, all so-called uh, corporate bodies that that structure is devoid of any distraction on the team when they start doing well. Mm. We need to start signing commercial deals that are devoid of competitions, whether we're attending the World Cup, mm-hmm. whether we're attending the Nations Cup or not. Deals that are not tied to Super Eagles attending competitions. Yes. Deals that embrace Nigerian football as a whole. So we're talking, if the NFF is going to get any partnerships, they're signing for the entire Nigerian football structure mm. from the grassroots because like it or not grassroots suffering from funding mm. we have poor football infrastructure across board and NFF should be thinking of how to build a pitch a proper pitch in every state of the federation those are things that help in developing the game across board if they can't find the funding those corporate arrangements or commercial arrangements that they have could integrate or inculcate that mm. as part of the process. Not that when you are in a competition, you've won the first game. Somebody comes to the dressing room and starts say, for every goal, 10 million naira. If you win the competition, it's distracting. These kids or these lads are they're, millionaires. They're comfortable. They're comfortable. No matter how much, in the money you are throwing at them, even if they collect it, it probably will not leave the airport. They will share it to their family and their friends here before they go back to wherever they are. So I think it's important to build proper corporate structure and commercial marketing structure that aids Nigerian football in entirety. Two, there should be a structure in terms of from the technical and playing side of our football, from grassroots all the way to super. What is the Nigerian style of play? 
how do we play as a country? And in your employment of the coaches that would work from all levels, that is the reasoning. So it's not that Jose Mourinho recommended this coach or Asawenga recommended this coach. No. What is the thought process in appointing a coach, coach. to How manage arrive at that any of the teams? Yeah. And I'm not talking super egos, no. I'm talking any of the teams. There has to be a culture. That football culture needs to come back to know that even if you are playing at under 13 level, they're playing the same way. Mm. All the way to super egos. I think that is very important. And thirdly, we need to invest heavily in the local league. Invest not only financially, but invest in terms of controls and regulation. Whereby, you flout the rules, you get your punishment. Two, restructure the process of transfers, loans, all these things. Make sure the league is worthwhile, financially worthwhile. Because that way, what it is, and you're pumping money in it, the big clubs are enjoying it, they can have a focus, the players can have an eye of playing for the Super Eagles. I think those in those three areas, we cover more or less the scope of how we can develop Nigerian football going forward. You know, one, one thing, buddy, the apologies of this NFF try to regale you with their supposed achievements as um, a body since they came in. And I struggle to see what they've done that other boards haven't done. In fact, we in, in some areas, our football has gone down. They, but uh, Yemi mentioned the MPFL. Our performances on the continental stage in Africa has gone down to the point where we are strong. We struggled right at, at this year. Now we don't have anything in the continent. On the continent, they didn't qualify even for the second tire of competition. Talk less of the first tire. And um, at these continental events, even at the African Nations Cup, um, a lot of people were saying, "Okay, Guavon couldn't make." The quarterfinals, but uh, Gennot Raw made the semifinals. They forgot that Guavon made the semifinals as far back as 2006. You know, so it's not a big deal. It's, it's not anything to be talking about. And then the World Cup as well. We went to the World Cup. We didn't get past the knock. So this NFF hasn't done anything that's not been done before. So I don't see any reason why some of people feel that and uh, they are the best things in size break when it comes to Nigerian football. Haven't I established that though? What areas can they still leave a legacy that will be long lasting and that would benefit Nigerian football on the long run? Beyond just going to a competition like AFCON and World Cup and uh, really not doing much on the local scene. The three quick things. The first one is that uh, whoever, anybody who compares um, a Guavon to a Guavon at this um, uh, round of 16 exits to Genotro uh, is, is, is just being covered by half. Genotro was with the goose for many years. A Guavon was with the goose for one month. Less, less. What's about, magic? about two, three weeks, actually. What's, what's magic do you want him to, to, to perform in one month? But that, that, that's neither here nor there because, uh, of course, um, it, it could have, it could have hit, um, uh, it could have hit, um, uh, Golden Vin and gone on all the way to the final. That's also possible. But the, the, the truth is that in a tournament like this, it could go, it, it, the margin of error is very small. 
and and the, the lines of of um, of defeats and victory like, is very thin. But yeah. I always insist that I rather my team play well, mm. play really well, mm. give me joy, yeah, and lose or win than play uh, than play uh, play atrociously, struggle and lose. Play atrociously and keep playing atrociously. So for me, the government showed at least a glimpse of what is possible. Yeah. In that first round, I'll take that with me. The second thing is that you are wrong in saying that this MFF have not done anything that other boss have not done. There's something they have been very successful at. They engage the media very well. They engage the media very well. Positively or negatively? You said something I've not done. You didn't put Everything that they did was in, out in the open. We saw the minister train with the goods for the first time. <laughs> we saw governors train with the swagos for the first time. These are things that nobody else has done before. They broke the, they broke the ceiling and broke records. <laughs> but they, please, um, please, please, stop I, I, being sarcastic. sarcastic. <laughs> I know. Please, 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 please. Stop <laughs> being sarcastic, I beg you. I'm being sarcastic. The third the 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 thing is that there's nothing this board can do unless they win the next election. Don't forget the election is almost here. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything you can do right now unless you need, unless you need, you need the seed of it and it is clear and documented and it germinates in future because you can do things that another board, the next board can take up mm-hmm. and grow. The sad, but the sad thing is that if this board gets voted out, if Amadi Pini can and this board gets voted out in the next election, anything they start sadly is a Nigerian thing. The next person will probably approach it. Because which, look, the Jew ever stands against against Amadou and the election, it will be brutal, it will be it will be it will not be friendly. And so I suspect that just as any time Amadou starts in the Nigerian thing, it will be uprooted. So I don't think there's anything they can do right now. Because the things that we thought they were doing the thing that Amadou made a lot of noise about. Oh, we want to we want to do things uh, world class. We want to live, uh, what was that statement again? All those ones, all those oh, we are going to trade so we are going to everything is on paper. We are going to bring a sponsorship. Everything is just noise. From where I'm it's just noise. We haven't seen all this all this competition. After eighteen years, we've just been going around in circles and 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 and, and building out the same stories. Apart from all, all those social, social, social media showings, so for me, I don't think there's anything they can do right now unless they get another time, another mandate, and then we can start saying, okay, you know what? Last years have been have been more of, more of, more of blowing smoke. Mm. What's going to be in, in this next four years? That is where that's where I stand right now. That's very instructive, buddy, because what buddy just said, yeah, I means the fact that this. NFF board cannot point to any legacy. If no. indeed they None leave office later this year, there's None no legacy. There's um, nothing they can point to as um, something of enduring value that added to the successes of Nigerian football beyond what everybody else has tried to do um, before. Now, um, my worry also about what has transpired in the last few years is the ease with which players gets into the national team. And um, those are lessons to be learned. Oh, Again, I'll say no, nothing personal against the goalkeeper. Nothing personal. It's not even the goalkeeper. And it's, not, it's, it's just symptomatic yeah. of what happens. 
at so let me track back because we said it here. Let me track back. This gentleman started playing for Nigeria at a time when he hadn't even started playing club football. Yeah. He made the team. He had he had by the time he had four caps for Nigeria, he had not played four first team games as a professional. That shouldn't happen. With all due respect to him. Our national team cannot be a place where players you tend to to try them out. And then I felt that they continued to give him an opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Any goalkeeper could have made the error, granted. But when you do that, when you push a particular narrative to the point where the guy becomes number one, when I don't think he earned it personally, when he makes that error, what you have done is you have opened him up to, I don't, I don't, I don't do the criticism. Forget about the idiots that were abusing and threatening on social media. There will always be social media idiots. Let's do that. But even the criticism is in, is, is, uh, is being clever by half. For those who push the narratives to say, oh, any goalkeeper could have made that. But the same people castigated Apei for making an error in 2018 because we wanted to push this part of the narrative. So it's, it's, it's like what you did coming back to haunt you now. Because you did that for one player <laughs> and then because your own player now has committed an error, you're saying no, anybody. Hey, what happened to Akpei? It could have happened to anybody. But Akpei was dropped for a couple of years. He wasn't even called back to the national because of yeah. one error. So my, my, my worry is that we have built a culture where we allow the media, we allow personal influences, we allow all kinds of other things to get players into the national team. Players are not earning it. And finally, I mean, the local league, I will continue to say, no matter what anybody says, make a space for three, four, five players from the local league for every Super Eagle squad. That is the only way you can grow the league. Because right now, the league, you are not doing anything else to grow this league. You hear me? Hmm. Um, I, I would probably like to avoid that Maduka debate as much as possible. Hmm. But let, let me, let's look at it from the perspective of the entire squad. Yeah. Did we invite the best Another thing, another point people are forgetting about was that list was Gerard Ross' list. Yes. And Guava uh, couldn't change anything. And he just made a few yes. alterations based on injuries and what have you. Now, so did we invite the best? Did we invite the most informed, the players, you know, on the best form at the time? So if we're going to mention names, I don't see how Alex Wobi gets into the team. He's a bit, more or less a bit player, player at Everton. So on what basis does he get into the team? That's one. Yeah, we mentioned about the Coco. Yes, he plays for Spada Rotterdam and he's got him he built his career to a point on the back of national team. And people need to understand that in Europe to make certain moves, playing for the national team is a huge yeah. plus mm-hmm. for you. Now, we had other guys. So I, I'll ask again, Wakali, on what basis does mm-hmm. Wakali make the team? We were very sentimental. I mean, Musali makes that team because he's captain. Mm. If we are being sincere. There are other players across Europe who have at some point in time played for Nigeria. Chilisa Wazir made that team. I will understand he more or less packaged an injury True. Those are some of the issues. We, 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 we've just come out of an era where here we can sit down and draft 
more or less by 27 over 30, the names that will be called up by the former manager. More often than not, we would easily do that. We need to get back to a point where invitations are based on merit. Earned. And they are earned. So you're talking the likes of Sir Desert, who, who scored, I think, 10 goals in 29 games this season. You're talking of uh, Akinone Amao, Insulu, who scored, mm. I think, eight goals. There's had seven assists. Israel, I think, Adela, yeah. There, are, there are players like that all over the place who deserve a looking. But, yes, the another notion is that, yes, a manager knows his team, he knows the core of his team, but it doesn't mean that there should be no variation. Yeah. So we need to ensure that call-ups return to the point of merit. You have mm. to stick to merit in calling players and up for not, national and team. Not, um, and not agendas, reputation, reputation yeah. and uh, mm. you know, all those other stuff. Mm. All right, interesting stuff. Um, um, yes. Did you know something? Okay. You no, know, they say that if you don't know, if, if you don't know where you are going, all roads lead, lead to. I mean, I mean all all roads lead. Uh, uh, if you don't know where you are going, you can take any any way you like. <laughs> you are talking about uh, certain players and what, what they can bring to the team. That is why you know exactly what you want to do with the team. The reason why we, why we have had you, you also said earlier that um, getting to the squad is so easy and all that is because the coach just wants to look. We have accused some coaches of just putting players on the pitch. Look, uh, these, are, these are the best players you have. We are good and do magic. If you have a philosophy, if you have a way you want the team to play, if you look at your opponents and you say, okay, these are their strengths, these, these are their strengths, these are their weaknesses, and I want to exploit it. You invite certain players for certain games. And then you look for those who can do, who can play multiple roles. And those are the ones that should be the span of your team in case you want to change tactics. Until we are sure of how we want to play. We are going to keep having this problem because the fact is that there are so many Nigerian players abroad now who are doing good things. Um, I, I, I was I, I don't know if, if you saw the um the, the Ugandan lady that um that does uh I was talking about. They said oh that I was talking about Nigerian superstar after Nigeria had won the first two games, and of course what she was saying was funny because what is what is it isn't true. I said I told you know what for Ghana to succeed. We have to go to Nigeria and do that. And Nigeria send their, their players all, all around the world so they can have choices. Of course, we know that's not true. <laughs> but what the point she's making is that there are so many Nigerian players that can actually select three standing teams. That's how, at least true, if you're looking for the, for the top yeah. 10 most. So, there's an abundance of talent, but all of them cannot fit into the team. So, you've got to know what you want to do to know who to invite. And that has been an issue because, because the, most of the coaching, the coaches we've had they don't know what they want to do. So they just call them, oh, so once the media says, oh, this person is on, that's why you can sell a player to a coach. And then, of course, also remember that we keep saying it. A lot of people in the system are also agents. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so they want their people to be in the team. That also brings in a whole lot of confusion. Okay. And for me, until, we, until, until there, are, there, are, there are guidelines, strict guidelines, on how we do how we do things. How many times have we had this conversation, Niji, as yeah. a company? Yes. We've been around now for about 25 years and I think every tournament will come back to this same thing. Exactly. The influence of officials, the, 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 the lack of a play pattern, the confusion, and it just goes on and on. Okay. But let, let, let's leave this topic as that. What we're trying to say here is that um, 
Yeah, there's a Yoruba saying, I'll try and, I'll try and, um, uh, translate it. It's gone sour, but it's not spoiled. You know, the Super Eagles performance at the AFCON went sour, but it's not all bad. But we have to correct some basic errors we are making for us to go far. You, we cannot have sponsorship. I don't, what we have right now, I, I don't see that sponsorship. I think it's supportership. You can have a situation where it is only when the team is doing well that companies throw money at them. Put, like Jeremy said, put a structure in place where that in or out of season, the play, the, the, the sponsorship is there because you're sponsoring a brand, you know? And that even if they don't qualify for the World Cup, the sponsorship is there, development is there. We need to develop new players. We can only develop new players locally. So we need to concentrate on the league. We need to do a whole lot more. We repeat it. Football in Nigeria is not only about the Super Eagles. Please face NFF. Pay a lot more attention to all other aspects of Nigerian football. And that's the only way we can grow it. I said this on this point a few weeks ago that I felt when the chickens come home to roost, I've been, we've been cutting corners. I hope it's not this year that we will lose out on all fronts. <laughs> that when you cut corners at the time, everything comes to bite you. Mm-hmm. We've lost out on Afcon. Hopefully, we won't lose out on the World, World Cup. On the question of facing the local league, um, Yemi Adesanya was at um, Ibadan a couple of weeks ago to watch Bode's beloved shooting stars. <laughs> and what Yemi came back with was, you, you realized, Yemi, that with what you saw, the NPFL, despite all the problems, still has a lot of commercial possibilities. Oh, yes. Can, can you expand on that topic for us? You know, interestingly, I saw a picture before we came on there uh, of Gombe United, I think Niger today was yesterday, mm. or, you know, and the stadium was was packed. Mm. And I asked myself, see the same football that the general public, quote-unquote, maligns and says all sorts of things about, you know, of still generates that kind of crowd. Now, the problem with generating that kind of crowd is that you don't know if, the, if they are ticketing. Mm. That's one. You don't know if the, the account... They are not ticketing. They feel it's what they are worth well, to watch. watch. And then you don't know if they are accounting for the money if they are ticketing. So, so. But what I saw in the Badon took me back to, you know, in the 80s where I go to watch matches with my dad. And I said to myself, I said, look, there are teams in this league that are institutions mm. and they need to be run as institutions. There are teams in this league that are important to the development of the league. I saw teams are shooting stars, Rangers, Aimba, obviously Kano Pillars. Just to mention those ones, those are four teams that are ideally very important. Of course, for commercial purposes, it's also important for Lagos to have a team. Mm. But not just have a team. Have a team that is commercially viable to run. Why? Because Lagos is the main market. Hub. Anyway, so, unfortunately, the team we have in Lagos, as long as have any direction on the marketing side, on the commercial side. But it's important that you have a team like that to get you and I, our families, make the league family-friendly. It's important to make the league family friendly because, like you know, we've lost the entire generation of potential supporters yeah. to the Premier League, mm. to European leagues. Mm. Now, you have a game like Shooting Stars, Sunshine Stars. It's a Southwest Derby. 
the stadium is full. 200 naira for popular site, 5,000 naira VVIP, VIP, you know, and you have people actually paying to enter. They sit, they enjoy them. You know, the battle. people are very knowledgeable about their team, mm. about their football, they know what they want to see. And I'm saying to myself, you have a full stadium. The so-called, well, you said we should not call their sponsors, you said supporters. The so-called supporting brands. Supporting brands. Commercial supporters. And activating. I was going to say that. Uh, and I'm wondering, you have, I don't, maybe Lekos Salami should not be less than five, ten thousand. No, I think it's about, it's more than that. Yeah, capacity. About 20,000. Yeah. Think. And you have to say them more or less full. And you have put on commercial brands attached to the MPFL. And there's no, no activation. He mm. says a lot about the direction, the thinking of the running of football. Oh, you need just a little bit of creativity, a bit of imagination. People with creative imagination who want this league. The potential is huge. Okay. One other thing, one last thing. Merchandising. I saw all kinds of shooting strategies that day. All kinds. All different brands. And I'm like, if these people can wear this thing, it means shooting stars are sitting on it. On the gold mine. On the gold mine. Mm. Let's connect it to Body. Body is a lifelong shooting stars fan. I think there was a time they were trying to raise funds that quite a lot of people were ready to, to support. Body, I, I think one major mistake we're making, Yami mentioned some traditional teams, um, shooting stars, Rangers, uh, Rangers Yenimba. I'll add to that, even though they are not in the top league, I'll add to that stationary stores, I'll add to that Bendel Insurance, um, uh, Mighty Jets of Jaws. Those are traditional teams in Nigerian football. Body, there is a vacuum here. And you, you, you support it. You follow this league. Probably, I don't think there's any Nigerian journalist who has as much knowledge as you've had over the last 30 years or so about the league. I'm not saying this because you're my partner. It's a fact. I feel that we are not connecting the passion of the fans. And we are, we are missing out something there. And we are not taking advantage of the passion these tens of thousands of fans have for these clubs because it just goes to underline the possibilities, like I said. Um, where are we missing it and how can we uh, um, change that narrative? We are missing it because of so many things. First, first, of, first there's the politics. Then, then there's the tribalism. Mm. Mm. As Yemi was talking, an idea, was, an, an idea bubble, bubbled up in, in my mind. I remember when the former um, chairman of the NMC stating that only the teams that could afford the, uh, the financial regulations, afford to meet the financial regulations would be allowed to, uh, allowed to play, and that's even if it's only five teams. And from the top of, top of my head, I, I can mention 10 teams that can draw the amount of crowds that Yemi saw in the battle. Yemi mentioned, you forgot Kano Pillars, by the way. You mentioned Carlo Pillars. Oh, okay, you mentioned Carlo yeah. The thing is that, you know, because of our tribalism, because of our politics, we have missed critical points in Nigerian football history. When the league turned professional, professional in 1990, 
You could have done what the Americans did. Yeah. I know that the pyramid structure, structure makes it makes it um makes it impossible to completely do what what they have done here in the, in the United States. Let the teams that have the pulling power, the ten teams, let them form the Premier League mm-hmm. and market them shamelessly. <laughs> let the others groom themselves and then join the league and let the league expand mm-hmm. when they have drawn enough. For instance, and look at what Van, Dre- what Van Dreza is doing. If in the next five years they keep the momentum going, what that uh, um, FC, FC are doing. In the next three, four years, they keep up momentum, momentum and, and they develop enough that they can join that elite league and just keep no promotion, no relegation. Let them just be playing. Because you know that if we should start from the second division, the moment there's a whiff of success, that was so it looks like this, this will be promoted. I think that's solved. As long as you stars are playing the Premier Division, you are going to see crowds. As long as there's a move of success, those things you mentioned, they are going to be. Mm. And for social stars, we all know the, the problems that are that 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 the problems that are presenting there. When there's money to be made on the table, I can guarantee you, and it's clear cut. to come together because believe me, the surge of support to suffer stars when it felt like they are going to come back. Yeah. yeah. It was it was incredible. So you know that the, the, the same thing for insurance. I'm not sure about Carabalubas, but I suspect to be the same thing because yeah. hey, all, all close to Aquabom and all and all of them. But Carabalubas was a team that was personally supported when they were playing. Yeah. Deji, what you need to do, Deji, is drop something that will work for us if it means copying the American system. You cannot be sending teams that and sometimes this in Deji. As a shooter, as far as I see it, because I like the pain in my pain, pain in my heart. The teams you cannot be set, you cannot be aligned teams that give you crowd support to, to be relegated because yeah. of politics. Yeah, mm. you cannot. Okay, you got to remove that from the and, and the assumption stars are also entering into that uh, into that uh, into that sphere. Yeah, the same thing with Kuala United. Yeah, the home side of support you see when these guys play at home is incredible. And I think, look, what you need to do, DG. Let the teams that can pull the crowd, let them find a way to expand their, their arenas because hey, we should, even we should start with, 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 with some teams. We miss it when we develop the stadium. We don't expand it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. It just has to be like, you, you can cut off a part of it when the stadium is not full and at its full of experience, uh, 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 open up the, 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 the okay. current parts. Because I suspect that, because they, because you hear me? In Ibadola, I'm sure there are, there, there, there are a lot of people outside the stadium that are inside. Okay, uh, buddy, we're, 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 we're running out of time. So quickly, I mean, let me ask you the final question I will round up. Eh? This is that marketing, obviously, we need creative marketing to achieve this. Yes. Quickly, please, very quickly. What do you say to, why, why don't you farm this thing out? Get a company to do it. If they bring in money, they get a percentage. Farm it out, give them terms and uh, terms of reference. This is what we want, we want to achieve. Give them time to do it. Is that because Obviously, the clubs themselves don't have enough news to do this. Is that a possibility? Quickly, it's possible, but but I said it all. It's the politics, the mm. tribalism. It's a major drawback, and of course, the mentality of the teams even makes it worse. I always give an example. MFM, I, I, I bash that team regularly because it's a Lagos team. And really, being a Lagos team, your attraction level should be different. Mm. How much has MFM invested in their community? In the community, yeah. 
to invest in the emotions of the fan base in that community. Look at Van Dresen in Lagos. Look at Bagada FC in Lagos. They're in the lower league and they're doing... And they're doing far better. All right. All right. Uh, We have to end it here. Uh, If we continue to talk about that, we will not (laughs) get out of this. But the point Bode and yourself have made is that the potential is there. We just need to find ways to connect the dots and Nigerian football on the local scene. Because as we've said, we have proved it over time and time again. If you neglect the local league, there's going to be a disconnect to the national teams. Yeah. You cannot... Uh, we are, what we're doing right now is window dressing Nigerian football by Super Eagles, Super Eagles, Super Eagles. If you don't take care of the bottom of the ladder, which is the local scene, Nigerian football will not grow. There's no magic about it. And it's as simple as that. On that note, we're in Sports 360 pod. Cast for this week. Sports 360 pod is where you can reach us on Instagram and also on Twitter, Sports 360 pod. Many thanks to Bode Ogutui and Yemi Adesanya. Many thanks to you for always downloading and listening. We'll see you again next, same time, next week. Bye for now.